Moncrief on News Talk. Now, your garden could make you famous, but not necessarily in the way you might think. There is a competition for the world's ugliest lawn. There's a panel of expert judges, including the garden designer and broadcaster, German Gavin. German, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sean. How are you? This is a mad thing altogether. Uh, have you always been on the judging panel? No, the competition has only been going two years and I joined this year. So we all get together uh, over Zoom just after Christmas from all around the world and had a look at the entries. OK, and did these people enter their own gardens or are there scouts out looking? No, it was people entering. That was one of the conditions of the competition. It had to be their own garden. It had to be a domestic garden and it had to be in a bad way. Right. And, and, and the winner uh, was a, a woman in uh, Kathleen uh, Murray in Tasmania. So if, could you describe right. what, what uh, her garden was like? Uh, well, Rodden Garden, it concentrates on the lawn and it's dealing with this idea of her obsession with lawns in a kind of humorous way. And her lawn was incredibly patchy. So the grass wasn't doing very well because she had decided not to give it extra water, extra irrigation or put any phosphates or nitrates on it. And she wanted to let room for indigenous plants that would be beneficial for the ecosystem there to invade the space. Right. Okay. But looking at pictures, it just looks like she completely abandoned it rather than uh, she was doing it deliberately. Well, when they talked to her in her entry, so everybody had to write a paragraph with her entry. She explained exactly why she was uh, uh, she was doing this. And she got over the fact that she realized it was important, uh, the amount of resources that we use in search of this idealized lawn or this idea of perfection, this idea of timing nature uh, and wanting to control nature in a, in a way. She was against that. So rather than hectoring people or whatever, it was a local municipality in Sweden two years ago that decided to hold this competition to put out other ideas and try and get attention for the fact early in the year that maybe we should consider alternatives to the Wimbledon sort of yeah. centre court lawn that so many of us look for. And so all the entries then didn't have lawns or had lawns that they just kind of let go or replaced with other things? <laughs> all the entries had rotten lawns. Absolutely. They all had lawns <laughs> and they were all absolutely rotten. So it's quite a hard competition to judge. Yes. No, but, but given the, you know, the, 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 the point that the organisers are making that you were just outlining there, it kind of implies that in, in most of our gardens, are, is the lawn soaking up a disproportionate amount of, of, of water and moisture there? Well, not soaking soaking up. It is we're adding this stuff to it. So it's that uh, idea of the Saturday morning. Uh, you go out with the lawnmower. Uh, if it's a petrol lawnmower, you're using uh, those sort of resources to um, you, you know cut the grass. The lawns are, in fact, an environmental desert because all these individual grass plants want to flower. If they flowered, you know, if we let them grow shaggy, let's say, they produce little flower, which would be insignificant for our eye. The fat flower would produce pollen, which is beneficial to bees, butterflies, moths who would collect it at night. Uh, and instead, just as it's about to flower, we cut it off. So it's a monoculture. It's one type of plant growing over a vast amount of the earth's surface. 
I was in Phoenix in Arizona last summer, in the middle of last summer, when they were uh, under this heat dome and they were going through the longest period of sustained extreme heat in their history. I could only work from five to half eight in the morning outdoors. It, oh. it, it was so bad. And I remember going, being on one suburban street and seeing three lawns virtually next to each other on the street. Uh, one, three front gardens. One lawn had been taken out. Uh, uh, even the fact that it was there in the first place in the middle of a desert is really extraordinary. But it had been taken out and it had been, the, the plot had been planted with indigenous cacti. Uh, and succulents, which would, you know, work in a desert. Next door had a lawn that the sprinklers came on at half past six. And next door to that had a plastic lawn. So the absurdity of mm-hmm. what we're doing following this ideal was really pointed out to me there. And it's not just the water. Uh, it's the idea that we want our lawns to be green. We want them to be weed free. Often it's the weeds that are the most productive plants because daisies and dandelions will produce an awful lot of pollen for uh, the, the, the bees and the, uh, and the insects. But we put weed killer on them. We put uh, nitrates on the lawns, which often wash into our water to, to, to green them up. You know, at this, in, in the spring, we, we go off to the garden centers because we see the ads on, on television. So it's to get across to people the fact that there is another way and it shouldn't be a thing that your neighbours go past uh, Mrs. Gavin's house and say, God, she's, you know, very untidy in a hyacinth bucket way um, because everything is a little bit overgrown. So letting your grass do its own thing. In Britain, they have this idea of no mow May. So they do, uh, people don't mow their gardens until after the grass has flowered and they let them get a little bit shaggy or giving half uh, your lawn over to uh, a native grassy meadow. Mm. Great. So, so for uh, for listeners who who may be in the position where they uh, where they're booted out the door on a regular basis during spring and summer and told mow that lawn, uh, um, uh, you, you can say no. Let's let's like you, help the planet a bit and not do that. That's this is not a self interested question you, at all. Or you can have a balance. You can uh, you know leave a circle. Uh, so mow the grass, but leave a circle of three or four metres diameter in the centre, uh, nice and crisply cut so you can see that that's deliberate and there's a meadow meant to be growing there. Or mow a swayed through a grassy meadow. And all that looks as if it's planned. If we feel the need, we have to, you know, to, to make our places look perfect. Great stuff. I'll tell my wife you said that. Jeremy Gavin, thanks a million for uh, talking to us today. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.